It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up later, the big technology companies are coming for your banking dollars. How good an idea is that? We're going to talk about it. Clark.com's our main website where we got all our action for you with ways for you to stretch every dollar in your life. And ClarkDeals.com is where we keep you up to date on all the best deals shopping for Christmas. Okay, this is really interesting to me. I read a story done by, it was actually a TV story originally. This is the print form from Channel 11 in Minnesota that did a story about a senior living center that took some of their rooms and made them available to college students from a nearby college. So in the senior center, students can live in just a small number of the rooms. It's called Students in Residence. If they volunteer hours with the senior citizens. So if a student volunteers 10 hours a month, they rent in the mansion, including food mansion, and the well, it's actually referred to in this TV story as a mansion. It's converted into a housing facility. They get to live there plus have food 400 a month. If they volunteer 20 hours a month, the rent drops to 200 and the students benefit so much and the senior citizens are benefiting enormously, apparently. The college is called Winona State, school I'm not familiar with, but I found that really heartening because so often, unless somebody has a close-knit family with older relatives in it, people in their teens and 20s really are never exposed to older citizens anymore. And many times, I mean, let's be clear about this, real about this, a lot of elderly, once they end up in some form of retirement home, a lot of family never comes to see them, and they're quite lonely. So it's a win-win to me, completely for the students, for the residents, and what the students learn, and what they benefit from each other, I think is really great. So there have been so many predictions with the massive number of baby boomers, hey boomer, anyway, with how many there are. That the demand for senior housing of all types is going to be off the charts. But do you know, not just here in the United States, but in other countries, the demand for um, senior housing has turned out to be a lot lower than demographers predicted. And the reason for it is a lot of people want to stay in their home and age in place. And something that used to be much more difficult, 
but now is so much more available because of all the devices that are available that allow somebody more independent living than they would have had in the past. And so you're going to find that uh, as long as adult children are actively involved in an aging parent's life, that the technologies even allow a child across the country to be able to monitor what's going on with their aging parent are just wonderful. I mean, I reported on that the last two years on television from CES, formerly known as the Consumer Electronics Show, all the devices that allow for continuous monitoring. In addition, with the uh, Apple Watch and with the new, um, the new Samsung Watch, it's now possible more and more by remote for someone to be able to know if there's any problem that needs to be attended to right away with their own health and also alerts going to family members in addition to a number of services now that provide some level of care through home visits at a much lower cost than it is for somebody to leave their own home and go into some form of institutional setting. And I think that's going to be a continuing trend based on what I've experienced at the Consumer Electronics Show. Why don't they just call it that? CES means nothing, right? Anyway, that's the idea. And call your parents if you haven't done so recently. Sammy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Sammy. How are you doing? Hi. Good. How are you? Great. Thank you, Sammy. You want to plan out an exotic retirement, or at least have one. (laughs) I came to the States like 10 years ago, and... I feel that I started late. So at the time I started, I was 36. I want to see what's the best way to have a good retirement where I can also potentially help my son in college. That is always the dilemma. So you're 46 now? No, when I started the, uh, planning for the retirement, I was 36. Oh, okay. I'm 43 now. 43. I came to the States 10 years ago, yeah. Okay. And how old is your son? He's eight. Ah, so you got a decade till the tuition bills start rolling in. Right. Okay, so I'm going to say something that sounds terrible. And I've never met your son, but he's not going to like me at all. (laughs) But your first responsibility is to do all the tax advantage savings you can do for your own retirement. That's got to come first. Because the reason that's the priority is there are so many different alternatives about how somebody gets through college, how they pay for it, what they borrow, what's been saved, all that, where there's nothing like that for retirement. What you live on in retirement is what you have managed to save over the years. So that's why even if it meant 10 years from now, if you're really working hard on saving for retirement, that your son's left with no money saved for college, the college has got to be in second place. Gotcha. Oh, I listen to your show a lot, and I hear you sometimes 
telling folks that they are late on saving and they are not saving enough. And that's kind of scared me a lot. I mean, those folks you're talking to, they were born here. So I start late. Now, well, except, except, wait, wait, wait. You told me you started when you were 36 saving money, right? Correct. Do you, and so the, wait, wait. You got to hear this. So you, having immigrated to the United States, started earlier than most Americans born here start saving for retirement. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> most people don't really think about it and get in gear on that till they're after their 40th birthday. So you jumped the oh, okay. gun four years on the average native born. So you're doing great. Give yourself okay, some so credit. That. So in the 401k you have, what percent of your pay do you put in it? 8% and the company I work for, they match 100% of the 6%. So you're saving the equivalent of 14% right now. Correct. Plus I contribute for Roth as well because that's an option. I put there 4%. Oh, so you're effectively saving 18% of your pay. Correct. That's fantastic. Okay, so I'd like you, just to keep it simple, boost it to uh, take that Roth up to 6%. Okay. And then after that, then it's great for you to open a 529 plan and start saving for your eight-year-old's college. I already did that a couple of years ago. It's just the problem is now... um, with all taxes taken and respons- responsibilities, mortgage and all that, it's we were kind of behind of putting some funds in there in the 529. That's okay. Because, again, that is your second priority in terms of saving. Because when your son goes to college, maybe it means he has to go to a state school. Right. Maybe it means he spends his first two years at a local community college. Or a college, a four-year school that's, you know, that he can live at home and and drive to or take public transit to. Right, right, which is an option. We have very good community college that he can start off there. So I don't don't get in the case of the guilt. So I hear some guilt in you in your voice. <laughs> it's not guilt. It just he's my only son. I'm trying to at the age where I'm at now. I'm trying to not. I'm not going to give him a gift to go to college for free. I'm going to have him work for it, contribute for himself, and help him without him knowing that. It's just I'm trying to be ready, like prepare myself for that. Like whatever he needs me, I will be there. Well, you are a phenomenal person and obviously a very loving, caring, great dad. And Thank so the, the 529 with the 10 years you've got till college – Whenever you can afford to put money in it, put it in that, because okay. that is the most effective vehicle, because the money grows tax-free, and it's spent tax-free, and depending on your state, there may even be a t- state tax deduction or credit for making the contributions each year, up to a certain amount of money. Gotcha. Uh, if you don't mind, may I ask one more question? Go right ahead. I heard you saying about finance advisors and planners and part of my compensation there is stock market and um, I heard horrible stories about people they put all their retirement saving with finance advisors in order to have better retirement and probably fixed income but they lost everything 
Now, what is your recommendation of finding trusted, and it's kind of hard combination, money and the trust to be together, but right. like as good as possible place where I can start off? Well, you may not at this point need that because most of your money is spoken for. You're doing the smart things already with what you're doing in the traditional 401k and the Roth 401k, the big employer match. You're doing everything as you should. But if you want a checkup, you want to talk to a financial expert and get a checkup, I can recommend Garrett Planning Network. Garrett, like G-A-R-R-E-T? E-T-T, yeah. Garrett Planning Network. I've got a link to them and NAPFA on my website, National Association Personal Financial Advisors. But in your case, uh, using a Garrett person just to give you a checkup, talk through your goals and what you're trying to do. They just charge an hourly fee for it. They don't push any investments. And so that would be what I would do next if you do want to have your temperature taken on how you're doing overall with your money. And best to you and your son. If you want to follow me on Facebook, you go to facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Our web address, clarkhoward.com. You got a question for me? Go to clarkhoward.com slash ask. Tina wrote in and she said, Clark, how do you feel about investing in blockchain stocks? Blockchain is a buzzword right now because blockchain is going to be a lot of how uh, money accounting and transaction accounting is handled in the future. It's a, it's a system based on uh, using technology to create real trust between parties that don't necessarily know each other. And it's uh, part of what the architecture is behind uh, a lot of the discredited cryptocurrencies. But just because so many of the cryptocurrencies turned out to be frauds or disasters doesn't mean that blockchain is a disaster. On the, on the contrary, blockchain is going to be something that will have great prominence moving forward. It's almost like a cloud for having an electronic ledger. I, I don't even know the best way to explain it. But the problem is we don't know in the blockchain space who is going to end up being a player that is successful over time and stands the test of time. So any investment in any organization that is involved in blockchain is a highly speculative one at this time, and you have to look at it that way, that blockchain is a real thing, but whether any player in it is going to be a real success, who knows? It's got to be money you can afford to walk away from. All right, Clark and Rhonda wrote in. She said, if you claim that credit repair services are a ripoff, Clark, how come I see those advertisements on your website? The ads you see for something like that on my website are being served up by third parties. And whenever something appears that we are aware of, and a lot of times we're not going to, we only know after the fact when an ad server puts something on clark.com or clarkdeals.com and if we find out about something that is a problem we are able after the fact to block it from appearing anymore 
And the ad thing is always a problem with what I do on my radio show and what I have appearing on my websites because we don't have before-the-fact control of the ads. And so just because you see something advertised either on one of my websites or you hear something on the radio show or you see me on TV somewhere and you see an ad run around it, it doesn't mean that I have any knowledge of it, control of it, or approval of it. Who do you trust with your money? This is the Clark Howard Show, and what we're about is empowering you with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. But the question I just asked, who do you trust with your money, that wasn't about me. That wasn't about our show. It was about this. The big technology firms and smaller ones are going heavily into bank-type things. And what are known as fintechs are offering very different ways for you to handle your money, save your money, and invest your money. Well, the big technology firms are all looking at this as something to do. And a McKinsey & Company survey found that people of the big four technology companies overwhelmingly trust Amazon more than the other three as a place to handle their money. And so it's been rumored for years that Amazon was going to get into uh, offering true financial services, banking, saving, who knows what else. And so far, it's been quiet on that front. But Google, in a Wall Street Journal exclusive report, is setting up a banking operation as a joint venture with a credit union and with Citibank. And people do um, trust Google very heavily, not as much as Amazon, but very heavily to handle their money. And they trust Google more than Apple. And the one company people don't trust at all with handling their money, according to this survey, Facebook. I mean, Facebook has so trashed its own reputation. It is a, it's a serious thing going forward because Facebook has not shown uh, respect for the people who use Facebook and Instagram in terms of what happens with their information, how it's manipulated, how it's used by others. And that's a long-term issue that undermines Facebook's credibility in the marketplace. But Google, which probably has more data on people than Facebook, is trusted more than two to one to handle your money versus Facebook. The thing is, I don't care if you use Amazon, Google, or Apple for your money. I don't care if you use one of these fintechs. The big news for you as a consumer is that Change comes from without, not from within. Traditional banking has not been able to effectively change its stripes. And the new good deals that people are getting are because of the competition coming from outside traditional banking. And think of the changes it's brought about, like all the deals available for online banking. Do you know where that originally came from? It came from a European company 
that came into the United States and opened the first ultra-successful online bank. It was something called ING Direct. And it was a huge hit probably 15 years ago, I guess is about when that kicked off. And they were the catalyst that led to all the good stuff that's happened since with online banking. And so the bankers should be really fearful of what's coming from the innovators since they have so much trouble innovating themselves. And one of the reasons banks do is not like they're idiots, but people grow up in an industry and they have trouble thinking outside the box. And then in banking, you have the ongoing problem with legacy computer systems and mergers of different financial institutions with each their own different legacy systems, and they're really antiquated, and they're high cost. Their operations are very high cost. So look for all the change coming in banking, and who knows, maybe you'll even want to do your banking with Google. That'll be your choice. The great thing is that you're going to have that as a choice. Billy is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Billy. Hey, Clark. I appreciate you giving me some time for advice. Absolutely, Billy. In 2009, we decided to double the size of our house, and we took out a fixed-rate mortgage of 5% on that. I knew I was going to retire in about five years, and that didn't, didn't, it didn't bother me to still be owing on the mortgage, but I, I did just get a 15-year note on that. Yes. Great. And before I retired, I moved my 4K money, all of it, into just the government securities. Well, I thought that had been paying over the years 5 and 6%. I thought, well, that'll, that'll cover my part of my mortgage every year. But, as you know, the when the mortgage debacle hit, then the, the interest rates went down to zero, and I've only been getting one point something percent on my thing until here recently it has went up. So they've changed the rules on the 401k where I'll be able to just draw out enough money to pay off my mortgage, which I'm, I'm going to say some somewhere around 40 something thousand would be the payoff. And I want to know if that just be, that would be feasible to do that, saying how I got a 5% note that I'm paying every month. And I've only been drawing enough money out of my 401k to make the payment on the, the mortgage. That's all I've been drawing out of it. But I'm 69, so in another year and a half, I'm going to have to draw it out anyway, whether I want to or not. So I'm just wondering if it's feasible. I I couldn't do the what math. Do you, what do you live on month to month? What money do you have to live on besides well, the 401k? I, I was a federal employee on the first, and so I get two retirements. My my first, which is a pretty good retirement, and I get also draw Social Security because I paid both of them in. So how much of your monthly living is covered by the pensions? Does it cover everything? Yes. Uh, even, even my wife, is. she turned 65 this year, and so she's she never worked enough to draw her own, but she's drawing half of my of what I'm making. So, yes, we, we live just fine. All like right. I, say, I, I just get the, the money out of the 401k to pay the mortgage. So as an alternative, because you have now this money that you didn't need to live on that your wife's getting every month, 
instead of taking a withdrawal from the 401k that would cause you to have to pay tax on it, that you don't need to pay beyond your required minimum distribution that starts next year, why don't you just step up what you're paying on the 5% mortgage every month by throwing all the money at it that comes from your wife's Social Security check? Or take the equivalent take the equivalent from your own Social Security check yeah. since you don't uh, need that money anymore now that she's got hers coming in. Or y'all split it. Well, we could do that, yes. Uh, because I would not do a withdrawal of, you said it was 40000 left? Probably in the 40s, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would do that because why generate tax when you don't need to? And just go with the required minimum distribution schedule and withdraw in the dribs and drabs you'll be required to do each year and take some of that surplus Social Security money and use it to be in a position where you pay down that mortgage quicker and not necessarily all in one fell swoop. But you'll do it pretty quickly now having the additional Social Security money coming in. And if you don't want her to touch hers, but you know you have enough money to live on, just take yours and throw it at it and get that taken care of. Rick is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Rick. Hey, Clark. How you doing? Great. Thank you, Rick. So Big you're fan, you're time. pretty good at uh, making things happen in your life, huh? We're trying. We, uh, we made a lot of changes recently to our uh, daily finances, trying to get out from under a huge amount of debt. Ooh, I'm sorry you had a lot of debt. No, we did it. How can I help you then? So, in addition to clearing up some of the uh, monthly expenditures and applying all of that money towards one large debt at a time, I'm looking to do a second job. And I considered doing one of the drive jobs, but I really don't want to be behind the wheel. And I found one of these large nationwide chains where similar people can order up uh, manual labor, any kind of things like that. And so I signed up for that, but I'm concerned about liability anything that I need to be aware of before I go into this. So which one are you looking at? Handy or Tackle or uh, TaskRabbit? Or I'm trying to think there are, there are several of them that we've talked about on the show. Sure, it's Tackle. Tackle. Okay, so they all pretty much have a, a similar business model. And what happens is people go look for somebody who can do a particular job for them. And as you build up a customer base of people who've, who've availed themselves of your services, they post reviews, and the more reviews you get is, is the, and they're good, the more people are going to want to use you. And you're basically commissioning out the referral service. And it's a great way for you to supplement income and if you're good at what you do, it's going to work great for you. You know, a lot of people have a lot of different things at their house that they're just not going to be any good at, like me. And so hiring someone off of one of these apps can be a great way for me to get something done I couldn't find my way to do myself. For you, you mentioned liability. Yes, sir. What are you worried about somebody getting at you for so one of the terms of service i I read it in detail 
if there's any kind of damage to the property or any mistakes made, things happen. The company has a blanket coverage policy, but I would ultimately be liable for any damages that I directly caused. So my dad, who owns his own company, suggested that I open an LLC, which would protect my personal property in the event of any kind of major issue. And you certainly could do that. What kind of assets do you have that you're looking to protect? Home, vehicles. And do you own your home free and clear or have substantial equity in it? I have some equity. Okay. You know, you could go the LLC route if you wanted to, but give me a sense, how much equity do you have? So we bought the house about a year ago, and we walked into about 40000 and I think it's appreciated another fifteen. Okay. So you have something there somebody might try to get. Yeah. So the other alternative that may be cheaper, because you don't know that you're really going to like doing this and all that, to go the LLC route, you may find it's better for you to get a liability insurance policy. Okay. Rather than go through the steps of doing an LLC. Do you have an insurance agent or do you deal with an 800 number company? Yeah, one of the 800 numbers. Okay. So you can you can try and see if, if they sell liability insurance for what you're looking to do. Or you could call an independent agent and get a quote from him or her. Okay. Thank you. And it, and it depends on the kind of activity you're going to be doing, how much you really need to worry about somebody coming after you. What kind of things do you think you'd be taking as jobs? Well, it, it ranges from doing like home theater installations, which is pretty benign, up to like uh, small amounts of landscaping, moving furniture and things. I don't foresee like, you know, catastrophic damage happening. I just would hate to put myself in a bad position. I don't hear anything, and and I'm not a lawyer. I should point that out. But I don't hear anything from you that sounds like you need to be really, really extra worried about the liability side. But if you want to be extra cautious, I think start with the liability policy. Okay. I, I wasn't even aware of that. Thank you very much. Sure. And best to you and congratulations on your success to date in digging yourself out of prior debt. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's my pleasure to welcome Ken to the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ken. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Ken, you got a question for me as a homeowner, I'm guessing. Yes, I do. I've uh, owned a house for 22 years and 
had gotten married and had a kid and outgrowing my my residence and we want to upgrade and I was looking uh, uh I heard about this company that uh, online that will buy your house for you and let you move in and it it sounded too good to be true it sounded perfect for you know what we were looking at doing well actually and, uh, it's a hot thing in the country right now and what these companies do and not every city has these companies that will buy your home basically immediately. You know, you don't market your home normally or anything like that. They just buy it from you. Is they're looking at the median home price in a market plus or minus 20%. They're looking at the great middle of the housing market where they can pretty much figure out what fair market value is going to be for your home and then they make you an offer that will be enough less that they can uh, buy your home uh, do whatever repairs or decorative things they want to do to it get it back on the market and sell it and make a profit with the idea being they want to turn a home in like six weeks now, part of what they had mentioned is that they buy the house you want to move into, and so you can move into it before your house even sells. Well, you can do that. That is a strategy that is like a sideline to what we're talking about here. And I know one of the companies that's buying homes is doing that. Um, I think it's Knock. Yeah, knock.com, and um, it sounds, because, I mean, to sell your house and buy your new house and every all the timing that has to happen, you know, it's like the perfect storm has to, has sure. to occur. And um, it seems... What happens to uh, you if your old home doesn't sell in a period of time? Do they buy it for their normal trade-in price from you? I, I think they give you the value for it once you, once you close with them. All right, as long as as long as you've got that assurance, because generally with the other players that I know of are offer pad and open door, and again, not every one of these companies is in every city. They're learning how to do it in a handful of cities, and then they grow. Is most of the efforts are based on just buying your house. You are done with that, and then you know you're okay to go buy your new home. The big question with any of these, is the price you're being offered for the home you're selling a good price for your home? You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.